going to be learning the Kutisichus Tazvav, the third Sicha for Pashas Chayesar. This is a, a beautiful Sicha, and it talks about the idea of Amlakas Neris. The first part of the Sicha is going to be the idea of Rivka lighting Hanukkah candles. It's going to be a Rashi Sicha. We're going to be discussing that idea of Rivka lighting Shabbos candles according to Rashi. And the second part of the Sicha discusses the idea that nowadays uh, young girls should also light Shabbos candles. But what we're going to do in this year, we're going to break it into two parts. The first part of the year, we'll be discussing the Rashi. And the second part of the year, we'll be discussing the idea of the young girls lighting Shabbos candles. So in this week's Parsha, we know that Eliezer goes to find a wife for Yitzchak. And at the end of Parakhov it tells us that he came back and he brings her to Yitzchak. And it says, which literally means, and Yitzchak brought her into the tent, Sarah, his mother. And the passage continues, and Yitzchak brings her into, uh, brought into the tent, Sarah, his mother, he married Rivka, she became his wife, and he loved her, and thus Yitzchak was consoled after his mother. So what's hard to understand in this passage is, the word because what it literally means is that Yitzchak brings her to the tent, Sarah his mother. It's missing the preposition to, to, to the tent of Sarah his mother. So it should have said, is, if it means that Yitzchak's bringing her into the tent of Sarah, it should have said, to the tent of Sarah his mother. Or another way it could have been, because we know a hey at the end of the word in Lashon HaKadosh could also mean too. So it could have meant that Yitzchak brought her to the tent of Sarah, his mother. But the way how it's read now, the way how it's written in the Pasuk, is that Yitzchak brings her to the tent, and then it says Sarah Imai. What's Sarah Imai supposed to mean? So there's different portions that are given in the Mephoshim. So one shot, a very positive shot, uh, the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra say, say that with these types of words, sometimes the Pasuk will... Uh, miss out a word. I don't know if missing out is the proper way of saying it, but the idea is that the Pasuk will sometimes not say a word which is obvious. Sometimes you have to put in the word yourself. So the way how you're supposed to read the Pasuk is that Yitzchak brought into the tent, which tent? The tent of Sarah, his mother. So cuts out the word but you're supposed to read the Pasuk as if the word is in there, and they give different proofs how other places in Tanakh, how you see the same idea that when this type of um, formation of the Pasuk, uh, you need to, the Pasuk will leave out one of the words and you're supposed to add it on your own because you, you could understand from the context what that word's supposed to be. The second interpretation is given by Targan Unkulus. Targan Unkulus says that, that uh, Yitzchak brings it into the tent and he sees that that her deeds are perfect or fixed or, or proper like the deeds of Sarah his mother. So the way that how Targum Unkelus is translating it, that it says that he's bringing her into the tent. It means literally he brings her into the tent, and then she, he sees that Rivka is Sarah his mother. And what does it mean that Rivka is Sarah's mother? It means that she has good deeds, just like Sarah his mother. And then he takes her and he's comforted after his mother, etc. So it fits very nicely in the Pasik. That's why he, he, after he sees that, he's comforted, he marries her, and he, etc., uh, etc. Et Rashi gives a different shot. Rashi tells us that he brings her, he, on the words, so he, so he tells us that he brings her into the tent, and she is Sarah, his mother. That's to say, 
But Nasus Dugma certainly that she became the image of his Sarah, his mother. Because all the time that Sarah was alive, you had a lamp would be lit continuously from Shabbos Eve, Meir Shabbos, Leir Shabbos, from Er Shabbos to the next Er Shabbos. You also had a bracha Mitsuri Isa, you had a blessing found in the dough, which some translate means it would increase on its own. And the third thing is, on Kashar Oil, there was always a, uh, a, a cloud sta- stationed over the tent. Mishamesa, when she died, Pasku, all these things stopped. Ukshavasa Rivka, Chazer, when Rivka came back, they returned, and this is from the Barashas Rabbah. So Rashi is learning somewhat similar to the Tagamunculus, that when it says Sari Ima, it means that she uh, became Sarah, his mother. But unlike Tagamunculus, which says that it means like Sarah's mother, meaning she, that she did good deeds like Sarah's mother, over here he's saying is that she became Sarah, his mother, uh, that she was the image of Sarah's mother, that her deeds, her, the miracles that would happen by Sarah would also happen to her. So the deeds that she would do, let's say making the challah, that would have the same blessing as Sarah's challah. And then same thing with other miracles. So the question on Rashi is, what's his hachrich to say that there were miracles? L'chaira, the, the issue that we have in the Pasuk, as we mentioned, is that there's no preposition, So therefore it's mashma that Sar Imai is something, is, is a statement on his own, that Yitzchak brings him to the tent, and then Sar Imai is coming to add something. So Targum Unkulis seems to give the most straightforward shot. Sar Imai means that she had the same good deeds like Sarah, his mother. And that's why she, he was comforted about after his mother's death. But where does Rashi, what's the hafif of Rashi to add a, an additional point over here? That not only did he see that her deeds were good like his mother, uh, Sarah, but more than that, all the miracles that happened when Sarah was alive returned when she came, uh, when, when, she ret- when, when she came, when Rivka came. What's the hafif for that? Why does Rashi need to add that point? From the Pasuk itself, it tells us Sarah Imai, which are extra words, it just means that she was like Sarah Imai. So learn a kachute, like a tarikamukulis, she had good deeds like Sarah. Why all of a sudden do you have to bring these miracles in? And the second question is, why does Rashi have to bring three miracles? Even whatever you're going to answer for question one, how do we, Rashi know that there's three miracles? What's the hechra from the words of the Pasuk that there were three? And the truth is, uh, other, like this, uh, other, other, in other places, uh, other in other places, bring different types of miracles. By the Zohar, it only brings us the miracle of Nerdaluk, in the Targum Yonis, it also only brings us one miracle, says that she was like Sarah's mother, that the, 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 the candle was lit again. Ramban brings us the, the miracle of an Isa regarding the dough. So why does Rashi bring all three? Where does he get that from the Pasuk itself? At the end of Rashi, he tells us that the, the mocker of this pshah is from the Bereshus Rabbah. So if we look at the Bereshus Rabbah, we're going to see that the Bereshus Rabbah actually counts four or five things uh, that happened to uh, when, when, what used to happen when uh, Sarah was around, and, and when Rivka came, it returned. I'm saying four or five. The Rebbe learns in the Pnim, and that seems like to be the, the way most of the fortune that there are actually four things that happened. But there is one shot he brings that there were five things that happened. And I'll read you the Medrash, and you'll see what he means by four or five. But the point is, what we're going to ask is, Rashi only brings three. Why doesn't he bring the other, the fourth in yet, or the fifth in yet? So the Medrash tells us that whenever Sarah was around, she had three, there was always like the Anon, which was on top of her tent. And when she died, the, the, the Anon left. When Rivka came, it returned. When Sarah, number two, when Sarah was around, 
her door was always open for travelers. They were able to enter the tent in all directions. When she died, that stopped. But when she came back, she returned. The third thing is um, that there was a bl- blessing inside of the dough. And when Sarah died, that blessing stopped. When Rivka returned, when Rivka came, it returned. And the fourth thing is that when Sarah was around, they had the, the candle would burn from Lele Shabbos to Lele Shabbos. And once she passed away, that stopped. That Rivka came, when Rivka came, it returned. And then the Medrash continues. And when he saw, and since he saw that she did like the acts of his mother, meaning is that the acts that she would do had the same effect as the acts of his mother, that it brought all these blessings and miracles with it. And then the Medrash continues. This might be either the fifth thing or something else. It tells us, and that should also separate Chala, the, the mitzvah Chala Batara, and should also make, cut up the dough into, also cut her dough into tar. Meaning is not only would she make sure that the Chala was tar, but even the dough itself, after you separated the challah, the chulun, she'd even make sure the chulun, the regular dough, would remain to her. So he, when, once he sees that, Yitzchak, Yitzchak brings her into the tent. So we see over here that the Medrash brings four or five in Yom. So the first question is, why doesn't Rashi bring it? And just to explain, why um, is there four things or five things? So the, the Rebbe tells us that most of the tell us it's four things. And regarding this idea of separating the challah batara, that's an Inyan Acher. But the, unfortunately, the Rebbe doesn't explain why that, it was, that is a different, that is a different Inyan Acher. Other portion of the Medrash tell us, Kaitzah Chalasa is a fifth thing. Sarah used to separate things, Batara, the, 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 the Chala and Chulam Batara, and Rivka did the same thing. Uh, so I did see the Chassam Seifer, that he explains why, is, why do many Mephorshim not count the fifth thing as one of the uh, miracles that convinced Yitzchak to marry Rivka, it's because there's a din that if you marry a Bas Amaharetz, you're not allowed to actually marry her until she knows the halachas of Tahara. So it's possible the Peshat Kavi is like this. When he saw the first four things happen, he already decided that he's going to marry. When he saw Kemaisi, these were the inyan which were particular to his mother, those four miracles. So when he saw those four things happened, he decided to marry her. But he couldn't marry her until after he, she knew the halachas. So once she was, either she knew it already or she was taught it, uh, that wasn't so clear. But either way, once he saw the Kaitzah Halasa Batara, she knew also the halachas of Tara, then he married her. So the Kaitzah Halasa Batara is just the din, because you're not allowed to marry Abbas Amarts until she knows the halachas. But that wasn't one of the things that convinced him, because that wasn't something which was specifically connected to his mother. So the question is, again, why does Rashi not bring these four things? He only brings three. And the final question on Rashi is that he does quote the gracious Rabbah at the end, but it's a Maman of Shach. The, the, Rashi will only, usually doesn't quote the source. And the reason why he doesn't quote it, because the Pshatim that Rashi is giving is Mukhrif from the Pasuk itself. When he gives a Pshat, in the Pshat, the words of the Pasuk, you're able to figure out that there's a question, and that would be the answer, which is Mukhrif al Pshat of the Pasuk. When he brings a Medrash, that's only because the Pshat that he's giving, let's say he gives two Pshatim, so the first Pshat has a problem, and therefore he has to bring up, he tells us that he's Rabbi Senu Darshu, and give a second Pshat, because he understands that this second Pshat that he's giving is not Mukhrif in the Pasuk itself. There might be an issue in the Pasuk, and the issue in the Pasuk cannot be resolved uh, just by Pshutei Shalmikra on its own, and therefore he brings the Medrash to say this is the explanation of that idea. But then he would bring it always at the beginning. 
if there's an issue that he can't explain. Why, what would be the point of bringing it at the end? The implication is that the actual beer that he's giving is mukhr from Pshutisha Mikra. But he brings the Bracious Rab at the end, that's just to add a certain detail, a certain uh, details uh, which aren't, uh, which he needs to bring. You should look in the Bracious Rab to figure out what those details are. But the question, of course, is maybe what, what are those details? So the explanation is like this. As mentioned, this week, this week's, as we mentioned, Eliezer went to find a wife for Yitzchak. And it says when he returned, that Yitzchak, that Eliezer brings her to Yitzchak. And the Pasuk tells us, uh, The Evid told Yitzchak all the things that he had done. Rashi explains what are these things that he had done. That he had Kvitzas Aderech. And also that Rivka that Rivka came to him because of his prayers. So first of all, what does it mean that the Ever told Yitzchak all the things that he had done? And he tells us about Kvitsa Saderh. Eliezer didn't actually do Kvitsa Saderh, he just did the regular journey. So the Guru Ayur explains that the Pshad is that when you do something and you have Hashem's help, it's still considered your act. So Eliezer did journey in a few hours from wherever he was. Uh, from let's say from where he when he was initially by Avram until he got to Rivka and then from Rivka also in a few hours he returns to Yitzchak. It did happen in a few hours time and he's the one to travel it. To say that I traveled from there to there with the Kavitzas of there is something which is accurate. And the idea is because he did do the traveling, it just Hashem helped him. Same thing with Nizdamulah say it was his tefillah and of course Hashem answered that tefillah and gave him Eliezer. This is also similar to what he had earlier by Sarah. It says Yitzchak saw that um, Rivka did like the Maisa Imai. What does that mean? It's not Sarah that made the candles light for a seven-day period. It's Hashem's blessing and miracles that made it last for seven days. But the idea is that she did the act, and her act had Hashem's blessing in it, so therefore it is considered her act. Her act has Hashem's blessing. Either way, the point is that Eliezer tells Yitzchak all the amazing things he saw about Rivka, and that's why her good midas and the miracles that he saw, and that's how, how he knew that Rivka was the right person for Yitzchak. But the, the, the issue is that Yitzchak's still not ready to marry her. And this is what we know from the next Pasuk, in Pasuk Tzamech Zayin. The Pasuk adds these words, Ha'ayolah Sarah Imai. Because L'chaira, the Pasuk doesn't need to tell us those words, Ha'ayolah Sarah Imai. If you look at the Pasuk, it should have just told us that Eliezer, uh, Eliezer tells Yitzchak about everything that happened. Yitzchak takes her to him. It just shows, say, Yitzchak, a love. And he takes her as a wife. And this is usually the, you find this type of, uh, this type of pasuk also in other places. For example, by Leah, it says that when Lovin brings, brings Leah to, to Yaakov, it says, It brings, she, he, he brought her, Leah, to him. And he came upon her, meaning he married her. So we see this idea that there's the bringing and then there's the actual marriage. So same thing over here. The, the, the pasuk could have just said that Yitzchak brought her to him and he married her. Perfect. Why does it have to add this idea of Ayla Sar Imai? Elamai, what it's, the Pasuk is trying to tell us is that before that he can have the Yikah Chazrifka, before he can actually marry Rivka, there's something that has to happen first. That Yitzchak first needs to bring her into the tent and see if she's like Sar, his, his mother. And the reason for that is because even after all the amazing things that Eliezer tells Yitzchak, Yitzchak still wasn't certain is Rivka the correct woman? Is she like 
is she, is she, could she, is she really part of the family? Is she someone that has those qualities like Sarah, his mother? And the truth is we see even by Eliezer that when he was finding Rivka, he also had the same issue. It says after he asked for a sign that any girl that will offer me and my camels to drink, you know, I'll ask her for a drink. And then she says, not only you, I'll also give it to your camels. That's clearly the woman that you have chosen for Yitzchak. And it says after that, that even after he saw that happened, he wasn't 100% certain she's the right girl because he didn't know who her, her, her family was, which implies that even if you have the Midas Tavis, that was not enough. You also have to be from the Shvachas of Ram. So only once he found out that, oh, it's Das Lavan and it's related to Avram, then he knew it was the right one. So Yitzchak took this even one step more. It wasn't enough that you had me to say this. It wasn't enough that you came from the Shvachas of Ram. He needed to know that she was literally from the family, that she had the same qualities, miraculous qualities, amazing qualities, as Sarah, his mother. And that's why when he saw the three miracles, these, then he knew, when he saw those amazing miracles that happened, then he knew that Yitzchak, that uh, that Rivka was the right individual for him. And the truth is, this is also implied uh, in the Medrash, in the Medrash Rabbah. You can see this also in the Medrash Rabbah, this idea that when the words of Yitzchak Ha'ayala, those words are a hakdama really to be yikach. That how could there be yikach? There first needs to be that he brings into the tent. Only once he brings into the tent, then he's able to marry her. Because in the medrash, it tells us the miracles that uh, he saw, and it says right after that, it says miyad. It says um, it says the cave in shura says and since right, it's a continuation of earlier, and since he saw that she does like the ma'ase imay. What are the ma'ase imay? Those are the things we just uh, discussed. And then it continues, as we mentioned, the idea of Then he brings her to Yitz, uh, then Yitzchak brings her into the tent, which the implication is that doesn't just mean that he, he brought her in at that point of time, rather it's also for the continuation of the Pasuk, that right away he brings her into the tent and he marries her. So the way how you read the Pasuk according to the Medrash is that, that Yitzchak brings her, brings her into the tent, sees all these things happening, all these miracles, and then he marries her right away. So the miyad v'aviyah Yitzchak Ayala is is just quoting the first part of the pasuk. Right? So the Medrash is trying to tell you this is the pshat of the entire pasuk. That as soon as he saw that the v'aviyah Yitzchak Ayala that he brings her into the tent and she's like sorry Imai, then right away v'yikah he doesn't wait he marries her right away. As soon as you had the first part of the pasuk that he brings her in and he sees that sorry Imai, then it's v'yikah he takes her right away. So that's also how the Medrash is learning that. Only after he saw the Kamais Imai, that's when he decided to marry her. Now that's the Mashmois of the Medrash. The Mashmois of the Medrash is he first sees, sees these things, and then it's which is the Pasik, which is telling us that he's going to marry her. And this idea is also implied in the Pirkut of Eliezer. Pirkut of Eliezer has an uh, amazing um, shot in these Psukim, something which is totally different than I've ever seen. Uh, just to give you a little taste of what's what's going to happen according to the Pirkei de Eliezer Eliezer was Ike and what happened is that because of the service that Eliezer did for Avram Avinu he eventually frees him and Hashem wants to give Rishoyim this is the expression used there's Schar in this world so Hashem makes him the king over Bashan 
And this is also the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid to fight against Oig, because Oig was really Eliezer, who was the Ebed of Rome, and he had certain schosim. So that's why he was afraid. So according to Pirkei of Eliezer, um, Eliezer was actually Oig. Of course, that's not, a, that's not our traditional way of learning. Our traditional way of learning is that Eliezer was a big tzaddik, and there's a lot of midrashim about how uh, he never passed away, and he's in Gan Eden alive. And, uh, and you know, that Mar you know, different stories about him being alive at different points of history. That's more of our tradition, but Pirkei Dibliezer actually mentions that it's Oig. And that, through knowing that, you can understand the rest of the Pshat. According to him, the reason why Eliezer had Fitzas Aderach returning from um, Lovin and uh, from Aram Narayim, why he had Fitzas Aderach to come return to Yitzchak, is because Hashem didn't trust Eliezer to be alone or to be with Rivka um, at night. Even though there were other men there, he didn't trust her. So therefore, had to be pieces of there, but he'd be there while it's still, still daytime. And then when they get there, Avram tells Yitzchak that you should bring her into the tent. And he explains why you're bringing her into the tent. You have to bring her into the tent to check that she's Absula and nothing happened with Eliezer, that Eliezer didn't do anything to her. So that's what it means. He, he brings her into the tent, and then it's Yitzchak as Rivka. And then, 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 he, then he marries her. So again, according to the Pirkei de Eliezer, we see he also learns the same way the Rebbe is learning. That when it says, that's a prerequisite for the end of the Pasuk, which is taking Rivka as a wife. So, we have different Purushim, according to Pirkei Dilazer, it was to make sure that she was Absula, nothing happened, and only then did he marry her. But the point that the Rebbe is trying to bring out for all this, that Rashi's main issue in the Pasuk is not only that there's no preposition, because again, if it was, that was the only issue, then he could have just explained it like Targum Unkelis, uh, and that would have been fantastic. But rather, his, he had another issue, is that it seems like these words are completely extra. Why bring them in at all? Elamai, from the context of the Psukim, we can see the Pasuk is talking about taking Rivka as a wife. So that in order to take her as a wife, he first needs to bring her into the tent, and he has to see that she is sorry. Imai, and once he sees that she's sorry, Imai, he marries her right away. And now what we need to explain is, the miracles. Why, how does Rashi know these three miracles? So the re- reason why it's three miracles is because there's th- three extra words in the Pasuk. Right? That's why it doesn't mention one, like let's say the Targum Yenis, and the reason why there's three is because there's three extra words in the Pasuk. That's also why it doesn't mention four. Three words. How does he know that Ayala means the a cloud? It says because we find by the Akedah that the way how Avraham knew which mountain to bring Yitzchak to. Uh, he says, he sees the Hamak in Merachek. How did he know which mountain it's supposed to be? What distinguished that mountain from the other one? So Rashi tells us it's because there was a tent, there was a, sorry, a Anon, which was Koshol Alahar. There was a cloud that stayed, remained there, wouldn't move. Because all the other clouds are moving, that one just stayed where it was. So he knew that was the uh, mountain. So similarly, by uh, Yitzchak, when he sees that the cloud remained over the tent of Rivka, that distinguished her tent from all the other tents, which the, of course the, 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 the cloud is the idea of the Shekhinah, but the idea is that how was her tent distinguished from all the other tents is that the Shekhinah was always there, that the Anan was always there. So that's how, from the word Ha'oyala, we know that it means um, a cloud, because Ha'oyala means the tent, it's distinguished, it's the tent, the, the, the tent which is known. How was this tent known from all the other tents? Is because there's always a cloud on it. And it left when Sarah died, and then returned when, Sar, uh, when Rivka came. Just to point out, 
how does Rashi know by the Kedis Yitzchak that there was a clan which is Kasher Al Hahar? Uh, all it says is he sees the muck in Marachaik, and Rashi tells us, how does he know? Because there's a, there a cloud on top of the mountain. How does Rashi know that shot? Uh, so the Rebbe doesn't explain that, but maybe just the Pashtas could be. Is because we're talking about that he's, he's at a very far distance. So when you're at a very far distance, what would be a way for you to be able to recognize one mountain, all the, all the other mountains? When you're going to a mountain range, the only thing that really distinguishes mountains one from the other is, would be the cloud. So that would make me a logical type of uh, analysis. What would be something that you could see from a very far distance to be able to distinguish one mountain from all the other ones? That would be a cloud. Mashankin, if there's, let's say, vegetation on a mountain, you couldn't see that anyways from, you know, a special tree. You wouldn't be able to tell and recognize uh, and see that from a long, far distance. So it needs to be something which you're able to see from a very far distance. And also you have to remember also that the mountain's very high up. So that would make sense. That would be a cloud. And some of course, also just stop bring that. Another time we see the word Morachaik is by the people stood at a distance was by Har Sinai. And Har Sinai, there was also a cloud. So they say maybe that's the Mark of Rashi. Okay, either way. The, the second thing that we have is the, is the dough. So the dough, the reason how Rashi knows that when it says Sarah, it means that there was a blessing in the dough is because what's the special quality that we see in the Torah regarding Sarah was that she was asked by Avram to make the, the, the cakes, the bread for the guests. By that story of Nasus Archim, you know that Avram is doing everything. He's running around, getting the cows, he's preparing everything. Even though he's an old individual, he just had his Mila, and he has at least 316 servants, but he has to do it himself. Even when he goes to Yishmael and tells him to prepare the meat, Rashi tells us the reasoning is that was the Inyan of Chinuch. Meaning is he would have done it himself, but Mitzad the Inyan of Chinuch, he needed Yishmael to learn, so he told him to prepare. But if it wasn't for Chinuch, he would have done it himself. Well, what happens? Who does he tell to make the, the, the bread? Sar. Why is he telling Sar to make it? Why does he make it himself? Elamai, there was something special. This was, this was something special by Sar, that she had a special uh, bracha by basically the dough. So when you see the word Sarah, you have to think, what's the special quality that you find by Sarah? And the special quality that we find was this union of Isa from the dough, uh, from the union of the dough. And the last thing, of course, is the candles. And that comes from the word Imai. And this is, uh, the Rebbe says, like a, a, a child knows that what's a special mitzvah that a mother does, that a child will know about, would be, of course, Shabbos candles. Uh, not, all, not all children have sisters, but... They have mothers, and then they see the candles being lit. That's what they, uh, they, 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 they ascribe that mitzvah to the mothers. Those would be the three mitzvahs. Masha'en came the idea that it was pesuch l'orbacha, that they had a lot of guests, and the, the tent was open on all four sides. So first of all, as you mentioned, Rashi, there was only three words, and that's why Rashi connects the three words, as we explained. Uh, and an additional point is, the whole context of these words, as Rashi explains, is to tell us what convinced Yitzchak to finally marry Rivka. And that had to do with that she was like his mother with the miraculous deeds that she was able to do. But this actually was Goymul Chesed. We already knew that from Eliezer. We already knew that Eliezer comes and she was Goymul Chesed. She does a Chnas Orchem. We already know that she has that Chnas Orchem. So there's no Chiddush that's happening over here. So therefore, Rashi doesn't feel that you need to add it because that was something that Yitzchak, he already knew that Rivka had uh, that Echnasas Orchim. And even, the Rebbe continues, you want to say that maybe it adds the word Lervacha that is opened wide, and before that wasn't open wide, but 
even then, the truth is that Rivka, whatever she had, she gave to Eliezer. Whatever she had at that point of time, she gave to Eliezer. She didn't have a tent, so of course she couldn't open it to all four sides. But the mashmois would have been is that if she did, she would have done that same thing of opening to all sides. Therefore, there was no real chiddush in Pesuch Rocha, and that's why Rashi uh, doesn't bring it. But one last question is, why does Rashi bring these miracles not like the Seder of the Pasuk and not like the Seder of the Medrash? The Medrash follows the Seder of the Pasuk. He first mentions, it says, so it mentions the cloud. Then it says, Sarah, so it mentions the candles. And it, then it says, uh, sorry, uh, Sarah, so therefore it mentions uh, the dough. And then when it says, Imai, it mentions the candles. But Rashi doesn't have that order. Rashi first mentions the candles, then the dough, and then the cloud in the opposite order. Why does he do that? And the explanation is because this has to do with what, the, what Rashi's trying to tell us that the context of the Pesukim is talking about. The whole context is, is why did Yitzchak finally choose Rivka? And, with, and the reasoning is because he was daima to his mother. So we, he, Rashi's going to first point in the most important factors that he saw. And uh, that's what he brings first. And then the, the less important, he brings second and then third. He says the most important one is that he was the same, she was the same as Sarah with her tzitkis. And that's seen by lighting Shabbos candles. She lit the Shabbos candles every week. So her mitzvah that she did, she did a mitzvah. And this mitzvah had great blessings to it. That's the first thing. The second thing is the dough. The dough making dough is not a mir- it's not a, not a mitzvah, but it was an act that she did. So we see that her acts, even her regular acts, also have blessings that come from Hashem. And the third thing is the 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 the, the cloud. The cloud. She didn't do anything for that to happen. I mean, she was tzedekis in general. Therefore, the shechina resided over her tent. It wasn't a particular act that she did that caused the anan to come. So therefore, Rashi brings it in that seder because he wants to emphasize. Um, her sitkis first. Mashenki in the Medrash, the Medrash follows the Lush and the Pasuk. And the reason is because the Medrash's focus is actually to express the amazing miracles that happen. So the greater the miracle, um, then that's what's going to be mentioned first. So therefore the greatest thing was the Hashem Shechina, then there was that the candle was lit, and then it, and then it comes to the dough. Um, also, an interesting deal between the difference between Rashi and the Medrash. Rashi mentions the idea that it was Doluk from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos, while the Medrash says it was Doluk Lele Shabbos to Lele Shabbos. What's the difference? It sounds very similar, but the truth is it's not. Rashi's focusing on the mitzvah. So he says Erev Shabbos, and he uses the word Doluk, which means lit, past tense, that he would light or he lit the candles from one Erev Shabbos, or she did from one Erev Shabbos, and would last all the way to the next Erev Shabbos. So he's focusing on the idea that it was Dalek, that it was lit already, that it was something that she already did, that she would light it on one Erev Shabbos and last to the next, focusing on the deed, the Misa, while the Medrash is focusing on the miracle. Therefore, he writes, it was from the night of Shabbos to the next night of Shabbos. Obviously, she didn't actually light it at night, it's Shabbos. She lit it before Shabbos started. But the reason why he says from one Lail Shabbos to the next is because when was the miracle recognizable? The miracle only became recognizable at night because a candle will last you know, a few hours either way. But it's, you know, later on in the night when it should have already been extinguished and it's continuing to light, he already starts, you know, the miracle is starting to be seen. So therefore, when the Medrash, therefore the Medrash focuses also on the Doilik, which is present tense, that it was burning, because he's focusing how it was burning the entire week. It's focusing on the miracle, the miraculous aspect. So therefore, according to the Medrash, when it says, Malayli Shabbos, Malayli Shabbos, it means he lit it on Friday, 
but the miracle was able to be seen Leil Shabbos, and then it it um, burnt the entire week, it remained burning until Ad Veloyad until the next Shabbos. So it doesn't. So Ad Leil Shabbos means until the next Leil Shabbos, when he would lay it again right before Shabbos would start, and then the miracle, of, you know, would be seen again a few hours later by the Leil uh, Shabbos. Okay, now we're going to start. We're going to start the second part of the shir.